become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode three of Macabre Misfortunes. Yay, number three. Had to make sure I had my show straight. <laughs> Hope everybody's doing well. Yes, and Tracy, last week we actually had some people that really liked the stories that we've done so far. Because well, obviously we did the one about the the plane mm-hmm. that it went down. And then last week's story was, uh, eh, I guess, a little more paranormally yeah. with the Cook County jail and this week we promised with last week i had a little teaser that this was going to have to do with rice university so tracy first question is have you ever heard of rice university i have not they are the rice owls oh how cool yeah it's in houston texas so i've seen rice several times more football than basketball oh no kidding yeah they have like a navy blue and white other colors oh that's cool but i've seen them you know like i said they they used to be, I think, in the Southwest Conference back when that used to be a thing. And that's where Houston and Rice and uh, Texas and Texas A&M all used to be in that conference before everything got split up like oh, 20 yeah. years ago. But anyway. I'm only familiar with the food rice, <laughs> <laughs> sadly enough. Its color is only white. So. That's true. Yeah, that's well, true. They, no, they, got, no, brown they got brown rice and yeah. jasmine. I don't know what color that is. but I think jasmine is like a type of rice you make with seasoning and stuff. I don't think that's no. a color. All right, so let's learn a little bit about Rice University. The university opened in 1912, and it's one of the best academic universities in the entire country. Awesome. The university is named after the man who was the founder. Well, I can't say founder, theoretically. I can say the founding force behind it. Mm-hmm. gentleman by the name of William Marshall Rice. Now, there's a story involving Mr. Rice that I think is worth telling, which is why I wanted to tell this story. So let's get to know some details about Mr. Rice. He was born on March 14, 1816 in Springfield, Massachusetts, and he came to Houston in 1839 when Houston was really just getting started. It was still a frontier town. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? I know it. And that was considered west at some point. Mm-hmm. Now it's like in the middle of the country, mm-hmm. theoretically. That's twice I said theoretically. I'm sorry. I know. It's like I just got one of those calendars with that mm-hmm. as a word and yeah. started using it. Don't say it again. I won't. This was just three years after Texas won its independence from Mexico. Oh, cool. So Rice was a very smart businessman, and he recognized that there were opportunities in that area for running an import-export business mainly because the location was extremely close to the Gulf Coast. So that gave, uh, you know, ships and stuff able to get in, and it just helped everything back then. That was mm-hmm. amazing. That was how you got the stuff. And, that, and the railroad wasn't as popular back then. Okay. By the time the Civil War started, Rice was one of the wealthiest men in Texas. Now, it is important to note that during the Civil War, he actually moved to Mexico. 
She said, I've had enough of this country. I'm not fighting, and they're not fighting. And yeah. So he moved into Mexico for a short time. He continued to trade cotton even when he was in Mexico. So this is where all this is leading to, okay? Rice loved Houston, and he wanted to do something for the town since it had done so much for him. Rice had been married twice, but he didn't have any children. So, with no heirs to leave his fortune to, he talked to a gentleman by the name of Cesar Lombardi, who was the former president of the Houston School Board there. Now, the talks were about building a new high school. Instead, though, he changed his mind and decided to open an institution called, let me take a deep breath here, the William M. Rice Institute for Advancement of Literature, Science, and Art. Try putting that on a letterman's jacket. Yeah, y'all. He wanted to cover his bases. <laughs> he, it, this school would be free to all students. Oh, how nice. He gave several parcels of land to form this institution. What a cool dude. In 1896, after the death of his second wife, he willed most of his fortune to the founding of the school. Now, keep in mind, this is 1896 still. Mm -hmm. So here's the story that I talked about at the beginning that I said was worth telling. On September 23, 1900, the 84-year-old multimillionaire William Rice died apparently in his sleep in his New York apartment. Now, follow me on this. The next day, a very observant clerk at Mr. Rice's bank in New York noticed that a very large check with Mr. Rice's signature had come through. It was made out to a local attorney, but the local attorney's name was misspelled on the check. So, the clerk thought, this is weird, so he called Rice's residence to verify that the check was good and he found out that Rice had died the night before. He senses that something just isn't right. Mm -hmm. He was already concerned, and now it's like, yeah. well, I got this check to come through, and this guy's dead. Something's weird. So the bank clerk immediately called Mr. Rice's great friend and attorney, James Addison Baker, in Houston. He tells the attorney that Rice died up in New York with mysterious circumstances because he didn't know this yet. Uh -huh. Can't just pick up, you know, I guess... Somebody could have called him, but nobody did yet. Oh. And it's just his friend. It wasn't his relative. So. Yes. As soon as the as Baker gets this information, he says, I'm needed in New York. So he heads to New York. He notified the district attorney's office, and they became involved in an ensuing investigation as to what went on. So the details that would soon come out could have been a plot for a mystery novel. Could have been on Agatha Christie. Oh, dang. A New York lawyer by the name of Albert T. Patrick and Mr. Rice's valet, gentleman by the name of Charles Jones, had become involved in a scheme to murder Mr. Rice and get all of his money. The pair had been practicing his signature. They then drew up a bogus will with forged signatures. The check was written by the valet, Charles Jones. He made the check out to the attorney, 
Patrick, and he obviously misspelled the name. Duh. Not the brightest guy. The signature looked fine, but he misspelled his partner in crime's name on the check, which is what alerted the banker. Ooh, I bet that guy was pissed. The will, which Patrick had made up, left all of his money to Patrick and none to the school. Jones eventually broke down, and he confessed that he and Patrick had tried to kill him by giving him a steady diet of mercury pills. <gasps> when that didn't work, they used chloroform on him while he was sleeping, and that's what eventually killed him. Jones was never actually sent to jail because uh, he testified against Patrick. Patrick, on the other hand, was sent to prison for... You know, in, in the signing of Mr. Rice and for the death and for everything else. But he was sent to jail to Sing Sing and uh, he was there, sent there for 50 years. Mm -hmm. The money finally did go to establish the institute that Rice wanted, and today that is Rice University. Oh, good. Now, there are some people who think that Lovett Hall of the campus on Rice University, is haunted. And see, the school, this is something I want to point out, but I said earlier, the school didn't open up until, was it 1912? 1912. And he died in 1900. So it still took 12 years after his death. I guess they had to build the buildings and all that. Yeah. But it still took 12 years before it eventually well, started. Well, I'm so happy that it did. So Lovett Hall on the campus is supposedly haunted. There were some reports, at one, some reports at one time that the security guards and custodians there would hear unexplained noises such as voices and footsteps in the stairways at night. There's also some reports of a typewriter that could be heard clacking away in what was formerly the typewriter room. That's upstairs, and there haven't been classrooms upstairs for years. So it would be impossible yeah. to hear typing, especially today, because nobody, nobody uses a typewriter. Right. right. Today, security guards no longer actually patrol the hall on a regular basis. They do go by, but mm -hmm. not like they used to. And the custodial staff says that they haven't heard anything in a while. One last thought, though. There is a statue of William Rice on the campus. It's And next to that base is where William Rice's ashes are kept. Oh, Wow. Therefore, William Rice always keeps watch over the university that bears his name. Like they're just sitting in an urn? I guess. Some kind of water, waterproof urn or something. I'm surprised nobody's trying to take it. Or... Well, I'm sure it's in a way. It's probably like uh, a concrete top oh. that's fastened that people oh, just that's... can't get into. Well, that's good. Wow. Why are people such jerks? I don't know. Why? But I think it's cool that he eventually ended up with what he need or wanted, and I think he that's awesome. What he wanted, and his ashes are there on the premises. What a very generous man! Yes, very he generous. Was. Yeah, I'm sorry that happened to him. That's awful. And by all accounts, he was a very nice man. Yeah, not oh. just because sometimes people could donate their money, still be jerks, but right from everything that I read, he was a really nice man. Oh, that did everything he could for the city of Houston. Awesome, that's so awesome. All right, so we've been doing like these twisted, creepy, morbid facts. Oh. So I'm going to pose a question to All you. right. What you got? I think most people will acknowledge 
that when you go to a funeral, somebody's funeral in the funeral home, or if they're just doing a um, um, service, graveside service, the one thing that you will always notice are people send flowers. Mm -hmm. There's flowers everywhere. And there's always, almost always, I've not seen one, but I'm sure there might be some cases that somebody write me and say, there's this one time. But almost always, there is a giant bouquet over top, a spread over top mm-hmm. of the casket. Do you know why that is? No. Well, today, it's more symbolic, and it's just more out of tradition. But back in the early days, before embalming... Oh, stop. They put them there to cover the smell. They were put there to cover the smell. Oh, my that's Lord. That's why people sent flowers, and that's why there's a huge one over top of the casket. And that's another reason why carnations are primarily used is because of their strong fragrance. That's why most of the time if you walk into a funeral home, that's the first smell you, mm-hmm. you get is carnations. Because oh, How interesting. Yeah. I had no clue about that. I had heard that before, but I actually forgot about it. And then something else made me think about it. I saw something the other day that made me think about it. Good so. Lord. I'm glad they started embalming. Yes. Can so now imagine? people still do it, but it's more it's just, just because it's tradition. tradition. I remember, I think, I think I remember the first time I heard that was talking about Lincoln's body. Because if you remember... They paraded Lincoln around to all the cities like Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia and all. But they, you know, I don't remember all the cities, but, but he went to several cities and was, was transported on that train. Mm-hmm. And that car, the train, supposedly was like loaded with flowers because uh, there was no embalming back then. And I think there was Lincoln, passengers and stuff. And I think, our... no, I think it was, I don't think they allowed passengers on there if they did, but Lincoln's body was, I think, paraded around for like two weeks. Oh my gosh. And if you got two weeks oh. and no embalming, no air conditioning. It, yeah, it really doesn't matter what time of the year it is. You know, it's going to be bad. And I think his car, the the train car, was like loaded with flowers. And that was the reason. I, re- I remember then that that was the reason they used all the flowers. I'll be dang. But, Never would have thought that. So, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed that. And I hope you guys are enjoying these uh, macabre misfortunes. So, all right, we'll be guys. Back next week. We we'll love y'all.